Welcome back to the Teen Challenger Southern California podcast. Before we get started, we wanted to let you know about a 24-7 prayer and help referral line that Teen Challenger Southern California just launched. No matter what your need is, if you're anxious or worried or stressed, you can call anytime, any day, and a Teen Challenge staff member is there to pray with you. The number is 888-520-0620. Once again, that number is 888-520-0620. We're so glad that you've chosen our podcast today. We know that there's thousands of podcasts that you could be listening to, and you've chosen to listen to ours, and we thank you for that. Up next in this series are the brand new sessions, fresh off the press from our very first Spiritual Emphasis Online. Normally, this is an event that Teen Challenger Southern California hosts yearly at our headquarters in Riverside, where all of our staff and students gather under a tent for three or four days of powerful worship and teaching. But because of what's going on in our world right now, we decided to take the event online and make it a completely virtual event. And what a week it was. We invited the Teen Challenge Centers from around the globe to participate with us. And it was just such a spirit-filled, powerful, life-changing week. We had messages from Don Wilkerson, Jim Cimbala, Nikki Cruz, Gary Wilkerson, and many, many more. Lives were changed forever. As always, we're super excited to share these messages with you. Today, you're gonna hear from Gary Wilkerson. He's the president of World Challenge and the son of Teen Challenge founder, David Wilkerson. As you listen to these sessions, our prayer is that you would sense God's presence, that you would hear his voice, and most of all, we hope that you're encouraged in the Lord today through these podcasts. Remember to subscribe today to our podcast if you haven't already done it. Be encouraged today. Hello, my friends at Southern California Teen Challenge. So thrilled to be with you on your Spiritual Emphasis Week. I'm so glad that you guys do a Spiritual Emphasis Week. So many ministries, so many organizations have lost that emphasis of the Spirit being what, what is the forerunner of our ministry? What is the crux of our ministry? What is the central part of our ministry? I thank God for you and your leadership that they would call to attention these things that are so important in all of our lives that we would stay spiritually tuned to the things of Jesus Christ. So thanks for letting me join you here in, in a short message. I wanna to talk to you about the power of God. The text that we're using together as a spiritual emphasis week is from Acts chapter 10, verse 38. We know how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. I wanna emphasize this word power, the word the power of God. Turn me, if you're looking at your Bibles, to Job chapter 26, Job chapter 26. And let me set the context here for you. In chapter 25, one of Job's so-called friends, comforters, comes alongside and begins to describe the power of God, seemingly almost suggesting that if Job knew of the power, something of the power of God that we just read about in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, if, if Job would have known something of the power of God, he probably wouldn't be in the predicament he found, found himself in. Bildad in chapter 25 speaks of the dominion of God and the fear of God and, and the armies of God. And then Job answers something in verse in chapter 26, verse 1. How have you helped him who has no power? How have you saved the arm that has no strength? And then Job begins to speak himself in response to Bildad of the great, amazing, glorious power of God. He describes it in terms much in a much higher view, a much higher power than what Bildad had done. 
when Job begins, if you compare 25 and 26, you, you'd see a world of difference in the way that Job, through his suffering, through his pain, through his hardship, begins to understand the, the majesty, the splendor, the glory of God in ways that we would never been able to understand. Job would have never been able to comprehend if he had not gone through the suffering that he had gone through. It's easy to speak of the power of God when everything's going well and you have every wish come true. But when your life is tough and your circumstances around you are painful, when you're suffering and hurting, when your family's rejecting you, when you feel God is distant, and yet you can still speak of his anointing power that is coming into your life and changing everything. He begins to speak of his power. He talks about how, how, how the dead tremble at God, uh, about God's counsel and his wisdom. He covers the face of the full moon. He, he sets up the pillars of the heaven. They tremble at his power. Uh, verse 12, by his power he stilled the sea, and by his understanding he shattered Rahab. By his wind the heavens were made fair. His hand pierced the fleeting serpent. Nothing is too hard for the Lord. Nothing outshines his power or outpowers his power. But really what comes next is, is one of the most brilliant things in Scripture. He says in verse 14, Behold, these, speaking of the things he has just spoken, a higher view of God's power, greater glory, greater miracle-working presence of God. And he speaks of those things and says, Behold, these are but the outskirts of his ways. In other words, Job saying, Bildad, what you said about God was way too small. You didn't understand him. But now what I'm saying is a much bigger, higher view of God, but it's just the outskirts. We are just barely touching on the great and glorious power of God. We see in um, Isaiah chapter 6, here's a man who is prophesying. Here's a man who is preaching. Here's a man who is loving his nation. Here's a man who is praying for those who are far from God. And he has obviously a knowledge of God, but all of a sudden the Bible says, uh, Isaiah says, I saw the Lord and he was high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. The word there, train, is literally hem, speaking of the same word that you find in the New Testament where many would try to reach out and touch. If they could just touch the hem of his garment, they would be made whole. Uh, they would just If they could just touch some of the power, just the, the fringes of his power, the outskirts is what Job says here, the outskirts of his power. So, so uh, Isaiah is saying, I saw the Lord high and lifted up in the train of his robe, where the hem of his robe filled the temple. Can you imagine how much power this is? Where just, just the hem of his garment filled the whole temple, and the whole temple uh, was filled with the glory of God. That was just the hem. Could you imagine if you saw the whole robe? You would be like many who saw these portions of the power of God. You would be, woe is me, I am undone, for I, I am an unclean man with unclean lips. There would be a sense of awe and reverence of, of the majesty and uh, the dignity that God has that is far above what we have ever dreamt, thought, or imagined. These, he says, these are the outskirts of his ways. And how small a whisper do we hear of him? but the thunder of his power, who can understand? Who can understand the thunder of his power? Love that phrase. It's, it's a, uh, we have such a small whisper, uh, and all we have, the, the, the person with the greatest revelation of the power of God has but a small whisper. And could you imagine that person that has that great revelation of God, that, it, but it's just being called a whisper, all of a sudden receives a thunder of God, begins to see more of the fullness of God, the power. Who can understand that kind of power of God? It's beyond comprehension. It's just, it's all—it's almost too much to believe as a reality. Now turn with me to the book of Ephesians. 
We're going to talk a little bit more about power here and how that affects our lives. Ephesians chapter 1, and uh, uh, let's see, what verse are we looking at? Ephesians chapter 1, let me begin to read in verse 8. For he lavished upon us all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose we set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and earth. These are the powerful things that he's putting underneath himself. Verse 12, so that we were the first to hope in Christ might also be the praise of his glory to him who has heard the word of truth, the gospel of salvation, but you believed. You were sealed with a promise who is the possession of it, the inheritance until we acquire the possession up to the praise of his glory. And he goes on to say, this is, this is why I, this is why I've seen of your love. This is why I've seen of your of the work of, of God. And then he goes on in verse 19 of the same chapter. And what is the unmeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ? All of these things that he just said in the first chapter of Ephesians, these glorious uh, things full of splendor are ours for the, for the for the asking. Why? Because of His power. That it's immeasurable greatness of His power that's that's working in us. The power that is beyond our comprehension. Chapter three of Ephesians, verse twenty. Now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. There's a power working within us, and it's the power of God. It's not your own power. But let me say something that I think is very important for us to understand here. For many of us, when we read that scripture or begin to understand that scripture, we see it as somewhat of a self-centered request. Uh, um, he's able to do more than I think or imagine. I, I imagine a great job. I imagine an amazing family. I imagine a new car. I imagine a new house. Our imaginations can go wild. And yet we see here he says he can even do more and above and beyond. Well, you see, when we take that scripture and we put it through the lens of self-absorbed thinking and praying and desires, well, then we're missing the mark. Here he's talking about the same thing, I believe, that Job was seeing, that that we're just on the outskirts of his power. And uh, this is not a power just to fulfill all your selfish desires and whims. This is a power, if we can understand it, it's far more than we can ask. It's it's a power that is beyond our asking. It's the, a power beyond our understanding. It's a power beyond our perception that, that our perception can receive. And yet we can get uh, the outskirts of it, the hem of the garment, and know of his power at work. What does this do for your life? Well, it changes things. If you only see the scripture as he can do far more above and beyond what I think or imagine, and you begin to pray it selfishly, you're going to have limited or a low view of what God can do. If you, on the other hand, see this verse as the magnification of God, the exaltation of God. He is far more than I've ever thought. He's far more good than, than I thought. Therefore, you can trust him. He's far more wise, so he knows better about our lives than we do, so we can, again, trust him and praise him. He has all powers we're talking about here today. So when he thinks something, desires something, wills something, it will be done. He's not going to miss out on the things. We're not going to miss out on the things that he has for us. Here's a, a way to maybe illustrate this a little bit more personally. If, if uh, I know this sounds silly, but if there was a, if I had a little bee here, uh, uh, a bee that, you know, like the, the, the blue, uh, yellow bee, or what do they call the kind of bees? If I had one of those bees here in front of me, and um, I could somehow mysteriously 
put all the power of every bee that was ever created, that ever lived, that ever existed, put all the power of the multitude of millions of bees that have ever existed around the world into one single bee, how much power would that bee have? It'd be off the charts. It would be frightening. This, the, the power of this one bee would be spectacular. People would be writing reports about it, afraid of it. Or, or what if we went one step further and said all the power of every lion, the strength of every lion ever existing was put into one individual lion. How strong, how powerful would that lion be? Take it a little further, put it the power of every man ever existing. And let's, let's pump it up a little bit. Let's say the, the strength of every human being, that each of those individual human beings had the strength of Samson. And then you put all the strength of all those Samsons into one Samson, one out of, what, there's probably 15 billion people that have ever lived in, 10 to 15 billion people that have ever lived on the face of the earth. So put all that strength into one person. It would be incredible, the superpower strength of that one person or an angel. Put all the power of all the angels in one angel. He'd be an amazing angel, far beyond anything we've ever seen or understood to this point. Let's bring it down really small to on the atomic level. One little tiny atom. When that atom is split, you understand the power of that? Fearsome, awesome, uh, frightening, overwhelming power of one atom being split. Could you imagine having all the atoms that have ever existed on the face of the earth. Uh, this may sound strange to you, like, like I'm a science nerd, but I'm not. But they're, they're, if, uh, if you take a certain section of space and measure the ad atoms within that and then multiply it by what we believe to be the, the vastness of the universe, you'll find out that there is, the scientists call it 10 to the 82nd power. That's how many atoms we believe there are in the universe. Or that would be, and I don't even know these words, never even heard heard them before, but it would be 10 quadrillion vigintillion. I never heard of a vigintillion. It's bigger than a quadrillion. And there's 10 of those, or 10 to the 82nd power. And imagine now you took all those those quadrillion vigintillion atoms and split each of them into an atomic explosion. The power, the power would just be uh, incomprehensible. And yet all of those things, interestingly enough, are finite. They are God-made. Everything God made is lesser than who he is. His power is not finite. His power is infinite. There's nothing impossible for the Lord. There's nothing he can't do. There's no problem he can't solve. There's no addiction that he can't break. There's no families that he can't heal. There's no body that he can't redeem and rescue. There's no future that doesn't have hope. These are the things of the power of God. He wants to be known as Almighty God, all-powerful God, nothing impossible for God. Whatever He knows, He can do. Whatever He wills, He can do. Now, I know a lot of stuff, but I can't always do what I know. I know, I know I'm supposed to mow the lawn once a week, but I don't always do it. I, I, I know my to-do list, but it doesn't always get done. Or my will, I have a will. I, 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 I will to uh, finish the book that I'm writing right now about the attributes of God. But my will doesn't always have the power to accomplish what I will. But God's not like that. His power is immeasurable. It is, it is beyond our understanding. It is infinite. So whatever he, he has a knowledge of, he knows this is right, this is wrong, that's wisdom. He has the power to accomplish it. Nothing can be... Nothing can go without accomplishing what he wants to accomplish. Then you have his 
not only his wisdom, but you have his will. Whatever God wills, he will do. Whatever he wills to do, he has the power to do. This goes back to the verse in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, above and beyond what we think or imagine. Well, it's because of his knowledge, his will, his power, his goodness. You put all these attributes of God into the into this place of God being um, incredibly, uh, immeasurably, infinitely different than what we might think or understand, then you have a picture of what God can do in your life. That there's, that there's, there's no atom of your heart, life, mind that he doesn't see and want to bring to the fullness that he has for us. There's no great strength that you could have that he does not want to implant into your life. This is why Paul says in his ministry, he, he worked harder than anybody else, not in his own strength, but in the, in the power of the Holy Spirit who is working him. This is even what Jesus did in Acts 10, 38, going back to where we started, that he was anointed. In other words, God put this power from heaven down upon him. And that's what God wants to do for you today, to take the power of heaven and put it on earth, to take the power of the Holy Spirit and put it in you, to take something that is infinite and put it in the finite, and therefore breaking all limitations, breaking all barriers, being the God of the supernatural, the God of Jesus, the Father of Jesus. Lastly, this is, this is what we understand as being uh, not just the intimate God that we have, but the absolute awesome, dignified power of God. You know, we throw these words around like, you know, that cheeseburger I had uh, yesterday was awesome. That, that movie that we went to, uh, that was awesome. But you know, in reality, there's only one thing that's awesome to the full definition of the word office, and that is the almighty power of God that is, in, that is at work in you and I. And so if you turn to one last scripture, Exodus chapter six and verse two and three, verse two says, Exodus six, verse two, God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord, verse three, I appear to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty, but my name, the Lord, I did not make myself known to them. What he's saying here may seem like a throwaway sentence, but it's probably one of the most profound things you're going to ever understand or comprehend, is that in, the, in, the, in all of the book of Genesis and in the first five chapters of the book of Exodus, when the children of Israel are coming out of the bondage of Egypt, there was a name that God used to reveal himself. It was a name that Adam and Eve knew. It was a name that Cain and Abel knew. It was a name that Enoch, who walked with God, knew. It was the name of the, the man who first began to seek Enoch, who began to first want to seek the face of the Lord. He, they all knew the same name, the same name Elohim, the, the God of power. It was the God of authority. It was the God who's to be revered. It was the God who's to be have have holy fear towards because he was more than, bigger than, greater than, uh, more valued than anything else, more to be seen as worshipped as holy, holy, holy. And, and all of those those men, and going even further beyond them, it says even here to Abraham, who had an amazing revelation of God, to to. Uh, Isaac and to Jacob, remember the ladder came down and, and Jacob saw and wrestled with angels and, and prevailed. So these are some amazing revelations of God. But what he's saying here in chapter 6, verse 3 is, I, I didn't make the name Jehovah known to them, the I am that I am, the more personal, the more intimate. Uh, 
So I started with that the starting place of a relationship with God throughout history has always been to reveal the almightiness of God. Many people want to cozy up into the lap of a Abba Father without knowing the holiness of God. They want a friend. They want a buddy. They want a good Lord up there in heaven. They want a pal to take care of them. And God certainly is a friend, a friend of sinners. And Jesus is certainly one who wants to be intimate with you. But first, he has to establish to get you rooted and grounded in the fear of the Lord. That's why the Bible says it's the beginning of wisdom. There is other wisdom to come, a wisdom of intimacy with God, wisdom of, of, a, of a personal relationship with God that grows more and more. But the starting place is this sense of where, where the name that was known from Genesis 1 to Exodus 3 was almighty, all, all powerful. So when they were praying, they were saying, all might, that's who they called on, all power. We're calling on you, all power. We're calling on you, all might. We want, we want you to be uh, revealed in our life, in our circumstances, in our relationships, in our family. We want all power to come and be with us. That is what you have available for you today. As you're sitting there listening to me at the Teen Challenge Center, you are not outside of the realm of God's power, of God's wisdom to use that power in your life, of God's will to use it for your good. And so today, you don't have to have any fear. You can trust God. He's good. When things don't go your way, you can trust Him. He's good. When you're frustrated, you can trust Him because He's good. When you're so tempted, you're overwhelmed, you feel like you're never going to be able to, to live that clean and holy life, there is a power available for you. There's a wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. That's Jesus Christ. His power was the most uh, clearly demonstrated power of God. It was not in splitting molecules. It was not in a, a singular lion full of strength. It was not in Samson's strength. The greatest revelation of the power of God to humanity was in the Son Christ Jesus, particularly when he laid down his life on the cross for us. And he could have called 10,000 angels to destroy the world and you and I. But he withheld that power at that moment because there was a greater power at work, the redemptive power of the cross. That now, now you are a blood-brought son and daughter of God, full of the Almighty. He lives within you. Call on his name. Whenever you're in need, call on his name. Never forget this. You might forget all kinds of things you're learning uh, in this season of your life, but never forget, call on his name when you're in trouble. Call on his name when you're tempted. Call on your name on his name when you're frustrated. Call on his name when you're lacking power. Call on his name when you're lacking hope. Call on his name when you're being abused. Call on his name when you're being accused. Call on his name when you feel hopeless and down and out. Call on his name when the addictions begin to try to get back into the brain and say that you're going to be overwhelmed back into this. No, call on the name of Almighty, not part mighty, not pretty mighty. Not could be mighty if he wants to, but all mighty, all the time. God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. But you can also say God is powerful all the time, and all the time God is powerful. There's no limit to his power. There's no withholding of his power. He moves in his power according to his will. And we see this. Jesus went about doing good, anointed by the Father, filled with the power of his might, healing the sick, his power is available for you today to heal spirit, soul, mind, and body, rescue you, call you, stir you. If you have a cold heart, he can put the fire of God in you. If you have a backslidden heart, he can renew you. If you have a, a doubting heart, he can fill it with, with uh, clarity and vision. If you don't understand all that's going on around you, 
in the season of life. He can fill you with the power in the mind to understand the, th the very things of God. So understand his power. Receive his power today. Let me pray for you that this power of God would be revealed in your life. Not soon, not next year, not when you graduate, but today, right now, in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for my friends at Southern California Teen Challenge that right now, even though we're not present to one another, that there be no limits to your power and what you can do across a video screen to people uh, listening to this, either on video or in a, in a setting that uh, they're together somewhat. Whatever the setting is, God, is no hindrance to you. If we really believe your word is true, then what I've said today is true. And what I've said today is that there's no limits to your power. So we thank you for your breakthrough power today, breakthrough addictions, breakthrough family curses, breakthrough depression right now in the name of Jesus, breakthrough fear, anxiety, and stress, breakthrough temptations to go back into the world, breakthrough temptations to give up in, on the ministry, to not believe there's a hope and a future for us, or to, to give up, uh, Lord, help us to have power, to no longer get stuck in doubt that you're not strong enough, that you're not good enough, that you're not present enough. Thanks for choosing the Teen Challenge of Southern California podcast. If you haven't subscribed yet, do it today. It's easy. Go to wherever you get your podcasts, click on our icon, and hit subscribe. A new podcast filled with godly encouragement, spiritual instruction, and teaching comes out every week. God bless you today.